This is Bragging Rights, a show all about college football, where the conversations are lively, the topics are trivial, and the hosts are semi-knowledgeable. And now, here are your hosts, Madison and Pierce. Welcome in to another edition of Bragging Rights Week 12 Recap Edition. That is right. We are already at week 12. Can't believe we are down to the final week of the season. But before we turn the page on week 13, rivalry week, it's time to look back at the penultimate week of the regular season, at least for most teams. Uh, although one team that we will be covering today did play their last regular season game of the weekend. A lot to break down, a lot of good, a lot of good, bad, a lot of ugly, a couple of heartbreaking things that I'm sure we'll get into. Before we do that, though, I need to introduce my co-host, my Madison, and I'm joined, as always, by my brother Pierce. Pierce, how are you? I'm doing very well. Um, it was a good weekend. Uh, not as, oh, I guess, I don't know if it was because of uh, some, some duds, and, and that's always the case this time of year. Um, and by that, I mean, you know, uh, cupcake matchups. Felt like it wasn't a, a, as full of a college football Saturday as we've gotten in the past few weeks, um, so we might be a little bit spoiled. But it was kind of the appetizer to this week. So, um, you know, I know everyone's getting ready for Rivalry Week. But, uh, you know, good week nonetheless. Looking forward to, to recapping with, uh, you know, some dominoes could have fallen this past weekend. And uh, they didn't. So, um, you know, kind of it, it feels like this week is going to be a, a massive one. And there's going to be some big dominoes to fall. Um, so excited to jump in. Yeah, speaking of dominoes falling, I really thought we were going to get at least one big domino falling uh, with uh, Michigan hanging on to beat Maryland. Uh, again, didn't really use J.J. McCarthy. I'm not sure if that's – I don't have it in my good and bad ugly. I'm not sure if you do. Um, but uh, interesting, interesting game. Uh, Louisville had a close one versus Miami. Um, yeah, a lot of – lot of to your point, not necessarily like the best slate in the world, but some things almost happened. Almost, almost. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's interesting. I, I don't have either Michigan or Maryland on my good, bad, or ugly this week. Um, but, you know, when you look back, last year Maryland played Michigan, to, uh, you know, all right. Um, played them decent. Um, so, I don't know. Maybe Michigan just has a little bit of a Maryland tr- uh, problem. I wouldn't say problem, but a little bit of Maryland trouble. Um, but one thing to keep in note, it, it was a massive sandwich spot coming off of Penn State and, uh, and Ohio State. Now, granted – didn't look great. I think what we hit on last week in the good, bad, and ugly, um, you know, recapping kind of what Michigan looked like at Penn State, you know, we highlighted a couple of things, and one of those being J.J. McCarthy and, and him not attempting many passes in the game and, and, and seemingly, you know, what does that mean? And, and we both kind of raised the alarm bells, and uh, surely he didn't play like a, like a national championship quarterback uh, is, is should play. So, um, you know, tough, tough to really judge too much, though, because they do have Ohio State on deck and we could be eating our words come Saturday afternoon. Yeah, we absolutely could. And, and, and I don't know the answers to that or why it is that they're doing that. But uh, it is definitely has head tilt there, but they did survive. Um, let's talk really quick about the leaderboard of the uh, Bragging Rights Pick'em Pool. Still year to date, Carly, she is running away with it. She's 10 points ahead of myself and Jeff, who come in at second with 141 points. Uh, Pierce, you are tied for 12th with dad. You guys both have 124 points. So Carly came on top of the, uh, or she tied technically for first with Kate's and Zach, but she had the tiebreaker there. Um, and, uh, so ultimately she got that point for this week. So, uh, still one more week of the regular season. I'm not sure anybody, she'd have to go 0 for, and we'd have to go perfect 
to uh, or close to perfect to uh, to to catch her, myself and Jeff. So it looks like Carly might have run away with this one. Congrats to her. Um, reach out to me. Well, we'll see. We'll see how everything goes. We'll see how everything goes. But uh, yeah, you can probably go ahead and DM me on on Instagram, and we'll get you. Uh, we'll get you a little prize for that. Um, all right, let's jump in here, Pierce. Two are good, are bad, and what? Can yeah. I request one thing? Do you have the record? I have it. Just out of curiosity, that. I think. Yep. Nope. I went five. I was five. battling technology I I as you uh, as you saw, so I didn't even think to do that. So I can do that for our preview. What about your easy pieces? Do you have a bounce back this week? Easy peasies. Oh Lord, I have no idea. Probably not. <laughs> Probably I, not. I, uh, I'm on a little bit of a roll. I'm sure I'm jinxing myself. Another three in one week, um, and uh, pretty pretty pleased by it. Honestly, the only uh, loss that I had was Kansas Kansas State. I had Kansas State minus. Uh, I think I had a minus seven and a half. I think I actually got them at seven early in the week. I think that game got up to eight and a half nine. Um, they only got the win by four, but. You know, gotta give you, gotta give him, uh, gotta give Lance Leopold and or Leopold and Kansas credit. I mean, I, I kind of called it out. Jason Bean was not gonna, you know, this might be kind of a, a spot where they're saying he's gonna play and he's not. And and sure enough, they trotted out that uh, walk on third string quarterback. And and gosh, those guys just coached the heck out of that football team because uh, you know there's no reason why Kansas State should have uh, you know had to squeak that one out. But um, so three and one, happy about it. Georgia under was a pretty easy one. Um, Oklahoma State uh, got through in the end, and uh, Old Dominion, I think, got the outright win as a plus six dog. So, um, you know, been solid the last couple of weeks. I, I'm interested to hear how Hank went, too. That's going to be funny to talk to him here in a little bit and see what he went. I just looked. I went 0 for 3. Woo! So what do you have? Don't listen to me and my easy peasies. Don't do it. What, I'm bad at gambling. What do you have out of curiosity? Um, I had Duke. Minus three and a half, Iowa State plus seven and a half. And then this one I felt really good about, except especially after the first play of the game, I had uh, Tennessee money line first quarter. Oh, goodness and gracious. That didn't hit. Well, that was well, not Georgia a bad bet. That was not after that. For You probably felt right? pretty good. That one felt and yeah, especially, like a diamond in the rough. That's I actually not that a terrible play. If you look at it, uh, Georgia's very susceptible in the first quarter, as you know. So um, wow. good logic. And, and Tennessee really good in the first half versus Bama. I thought I thought we were going to head into halftime and it was going to be a lot closer than, than it yeah. was. Yeah, I was too nervous to play a side in that game. I, I did play. It wasn't an easy peasy, but I did end up playing Georgia in the end. Um, I also, I will say, uh, you know, I was hesitant about it, but I did play off my easy peasy. I did play Iowa State plus seven and a half. So I don't think that was a terrible play. I mean, um, they fought hard. It's just that they're just so – undermanned when it comes to talent level against yeah. Texas that uh, they could not pull off the miracle. Well, let's jump in here. We've already kind of tiptoed around it with our good or bad and our ugly. My first good of the week, it's the number one at Georgia Bulldogs going to Neyland Stadium, beating the Volunteers 38-10. to 10. Uh, So we, th- our little community, our little town we live in here in uh, right outside of Atlanta, they um, do a watch party a couple times a year. And this was one of the weekends for the watch party. So we thought, okay, hey, Let's get out of the house. Let's take Murray. Let's get out of the house. Um, let's go, you know, watch it on this big flat screen, you know, whatever. No joke, Pierce. So we we were kind of waiting around, seeing how Michigan was going to finish, seeing how Louisville was going to finish. Um, and I was like, well, we'll miss the first series, but we'll miss the first couple of plays, but it'll be fine. As we're pulling into the parking lot, kickoff happens. Ball gets snapped. We're listening to the um, Georgia broadcast. Touchdown. And I was like, Oh crap. And all of a sudden I was in a bad mood. I like, I don't even think I grabbed anything from the car. I just started walking to the screens. Cause I was like, I have to see what the heck is happening. 
Um, and that was the last good thing for Tennessee all day. Um, and the, and the broadcaster even said, I can't remember which one of it was. It was, I think it was our, um, our color analyst. Their names escape me. He said, they're playing Rocky top. Hopefully that's the last time we hear that today. And I, I wasn't at the game, but <laughs> it might've been, it might have been, uh, Georgia was off to the races, the rest of the, uh, whole way through, except for, um, a, a field goal there to end the half for Tennessee, uh, 38 to 10, like I already said, the final there, um, I'm sure he could be on your, or your, uh, your braggers of the week, Carson Beck, 24 for 30 for 298 yards and three touchdowns. But he wasn't really, I mean, he's he's pretty quietly been having a very good season, Pierce. But this was, without a doubt, the Dylan Bell legacy game. Um, he, when we had that, uh, the, the Derrick Henry, if you will, of it all, the little trick play where he throws uh, the touchdown pass, unbelievable. I, I believe he's now, there might be like a couple of dogs now in of all time who have a receiving, a rushing and a passing touchdown. Um, like I said, he also got on the board um, a couple of times with uh, with catches and had a touchdown there as well. Five catches for 90 yards uh, and one touchdown. Uh, a lot of guys got involved. Brock Bowers, I thought he got hurt at one point. Again, that got freaked me out, but I guess he just got spit on um, by a Tennessee player So uh, in, in his face, so classy there. Um you know, it was it was just good, joyless murder ball. It was just, you know, to steal a thing from Alabama. It was just joyless murder ball. And I sent it to you. I don't know if I, I don't think I got a response from you, um, but uh, I, I sent it to the whole family, the the video of Kirby. And, you know, you've got a hundred thousand plus fans and they're all just ready to to burst there in Neyland. And, and even though a lot of people weren't picking Tennessee, really, you can't help but 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 think maybe we have a chance here. And and I even started buying into it a little bit where I got a little nervous. I was like, okay, you know, who knows what's going to happen here? Anything can happen um, on the road. We really haven't been tested on the road. This could be a, a major, uh, you know, upset for us. Or, or they would love to. And I was like, I, the reason I didn't go to the dang game was because I didn't want to have to be there if they rushed the field. And you see it's uh, Kirby Smart, Kendall Milton, and I, I think it might, isn't I? I don't think it's Dylan Bell, but some other player are standing there, and Kirby's just got his hands in his pockets. It's Dylan Bell. And it's loud. It was Dylan Bell? Okay. Kendall, yeah. And there's there's a Tennessee fan who's legit standing right there at the, the entrance from the tunnel, and he's just chirping every single guy, and rightfully so. I get it. I'm not, you know, but it's just like all of that, all of that hype, all that distraction, all that orange, and Kirby's just looking around, taking it in like, okay, here we go. And you just knew he was ready. Uh, and it, like I said, joyless murder ball, uh, absolutely fantastic week. Um, you know, Tennessee's going to have uh, Vanderbilt next week. They're, they should win that game. So they'll finish eight and four. Um, we posed the question during the preview. Again, I don't think Heupel's in trouble, but it could be a little bit of where you start, you know, a couple seasons on the line. If it, you look around and you go, hey, how is this any different than Jerry Pruitt? How is this any different than Butch Jones? Just like Texas A&M did with Jimbo last week. So um, I, I, we will see. We'll see with Nico and everything. Um, but certainly Georgia has been Tennessee's daddy over the past six, seven years. And you know what? I don't hate to see it. And the fourth quarter, there was nobody there in Neyland Stadium. Not even Dolly Parton, I'm sure, by the end of that game. So good on Georgia. They have uh, Bama waiting on, uh, you know, you gotta, can't look past tech always. You know, you got to pay attention to that one. 
but you got Bama waiting for you in the SEC championship. Uh, and that, that to me, we were talking before the podcast started. That's the only team in the nation that scares me just because of our history with Alabama and because they're starting to play really good ball as well. But what Georgia's doing, firing on all cylinders, absolutely fantastic, absolutely super fun. Can't can't wait for the rest of this uh, this postseason. Um, you have any, I'm sure you have stuff to add on this, so uh, I'm going to give you the floor really quick. Yeah, um, so I did end up back in Georgia, um, and and thank God I did. Uh, a lot of money came in on Tennessee late, and, and that was a little bit nerve wracking to me. Um, but you know, I think we did a good job of breaking it down last week in our uh, preview pod. You know, I was always questionable on whether Tennessee was going to be able to stop Georgia's passing attack. And, and, and they certainly tried hard, you know, um, while it definitely was a penalty, you know, they did have that for a second, that pick that really could have changed the momentum of the game um, and at least kept them in it. But my whole thing with them winning the game was, I just don't know if they can score enough points to keep up with us. Um, and, and once again, Beck just goes out and does his things and this offense, man, that just, they, they can hit you from so many different spots, you know, Lad McConkey barely even played. I mean, he played in the first quarter and then tweaked his ankle a little bit and wasn't feeling great all, you know, through warmups apparently. And so they just pulled him. I mean, he could have gone back in. They just pulled him and, and, and didn't miss a beat with Marcus Roseme, Jack Saint. Dylan Bell had, to, you know, as you mentioned, uh, his a career game. I think the stat I saw was he's the first player in, in uh, since Heinz Ward to throw and receive a, a touchdown in a single game. Um, he had a coming out party this week. Uh, obviously Bowers did his thing. Marcus did a, had a fantastic game. Heck, you also had, uh, you know, Ra Ra Thomas came out with a little bit of a foot injury. Um, he had a couple catches early. Um, and then, you know, we got to run the football. So all in all, just a very good dominant, what you want to see in a team that's uh, not only peaking at the right time, but it, it looks the part of a number one, number two team in the country. Um, you know, it was a little shaky at first, but supreme confidence in, in Beck, and I'll tell you one other thing that I noticed, and, and, and I have not done my research into this, so you know, give me crap all you want, but I don't know if you noticed this. At one point in time, Georgia ended up, um, you know, Tate Ratledge got hurt. It looks like they going to get away with that. He's uh, apparently it's just, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know exactly what he bumped knees, I guess is what they say. And so, um, you know, it's a little bruise. He hopefully he'll be ready to go for the Alabama game. Um, but they did, they, at one point, for an extended period of time, the left tackle, Ernest Green, was not playing. They moved Truss over to left tackle, um, and, and and so they, they, they're able to mix and match an offensive line. I think that's really one of the key uh, key aspects that I've seen here in the last three or four weeks. This offensive line has really come together nicely, and it's allowing the running backs to, to find some holes, and, and they're running hard. So, um, yeah, you stole my thunder a little bit with Josh Heupel. I, I did listen in to for about way more, way more than I should have. I listened into a Twitter Spaces with a bunch of angry Tennessee fans for, I'm not kidding you, Madison, two hours. They went for like three. They went for like three hours. I listened to it for two. Um, and, and I'm not, I'm not, they said exactly what you said. They said, this just looks like Butch Jones 2.0. This looks like, uh, you know, Jeremy Pruitt. Uh, and, and so I was going to have him as my ugly. We're going to go ahead and get out of the way now. We talked about it, but, um, he made some really interesting coaching decisions in that game. Instead of really trying to go for a touchdown late in the in the first half, they settled for a field goal. It seemed like that was an odd move for a team that likes to you know score points. I know that's not maybe their their strong suit this year, but um, you know, are you trying to win the game or are you just trying not to you know get embarrassed? And and you know both happened. So um, also a lot of people complaining about the whole why why didn't Nico come in at least for the fourth quarter. Um, 
doesn't make much of uh, of a sense to me. I, you know, if you, I, I heard one of the rumors is that they don't want to burn his red shirt. He's played in three games. Mm-hmm. He's going to play next okay. week. The bowl game does not count towards the four games. So uh, okay. if he played in this one, he couldn't play next week against Vandy, where he actually could see some very meaningful time. Um, but a lot of, and I agree with this, a lot of Tennessee fans are going, well, we have to redshirt him. Is he any good? So I think he's very talented, but he's got, maybe it's the reading defenses and, 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 you know, maybe he's just too much of a gunslinger to throw out there. And, and if he throws some picks, you know, they're worried he might lose some confidence. So yeah, I'll, uh, I'll wrap it up there. Could talk about this for a long time, but, um, yeah, just a very thorough butt whooping and, um, you know, kind of what we've used to be to see from Georgia the last couple of years. So nice, nice to get out there and nice to do it against a team like, uh, like that in orange. Yeah. I mean, I can go both ways on the Nico thing. I understand the red shirt thing, but I don't think it's, it could potentially be less of a, do we think he's good? Yeah. The red shirt thing used to matter a lot more Pierce. Um, but nowadays he's not going to stay. If he's good next year, he's going to give you a second year. Then he's gone. You yep. don't need to worry about a red shirt. Yep. Go ahead Get him out there and see what you've got, um, because he's if he's as good as you say he is, if he's as good as you think he is, he's not staying for three years. He's not staying for four years. He's gonna use up his eligibility. He's gonna get gone. So I don't know. It, it, it very interesting. I, I won't. We've already been on this for too long, so I want to elaborate more. But uh, what's your good of the week? Uh, honorable mention. I'm gonna go ahead and throw out Arizona. Gotta give them love. I've been riding them for the last four or five weeks. But my my good of the week also is in the Pac-12. It's the Washington Huskies. Um, you know, pretty ugly game, torrential downpour um, in, in Corvallis. But this game reminds me, and I hate to compare this team to, to, to the TCU of last year because so many people are doing it. Um, it's kind of just an easy cop-out. But this game did really remind me of last season. I think it was the same week where TCU went on the road uh, against Texas. And, you know, up to that point, the defense had been, you know, very mediocre, had had – come up in very opportunistic ways, you know, making plays, but, you know, was faced uh, some, some minimal competition, you know, quarterbacks going down and getting hurt uh, in the game. And um, it really was on the offense to, to, to just go out there and outscore every opponent. And then in the Texas game, they won, I think it was 10 to seven um, on a great defensive performance with Quinn Ewers at the helm, Bijan Robinson, so on and so forth. Um, and, and that kind of felt like Washington's performance this week. They did it with defense. Um, I obviously know Oregon State's not going to be able to throw the ball as neither did Washington. Washington couldn't throw the ball in that rain. A lot of drops, um, but Washington really bat, batting down the hatches there uh, when it came to stopping the run. Obviously, Martinez is going to get some of his uh, his carries and, and, and make some things happen. Um, but Washington kind of sat back, uh, was opportunistic, um, played great defense, and, and won the turnover battle. And and that's what you've got to do on the road. You cannot be the team making the turnover you know having turnovers um, if you want to win games of these caliber. And sure enough, they went in, they got a safety. Um, I think it was off a botched punt. Um, they got a fumble, two picks. So Washington defense really stepped up, and 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 uh, they live to see another day. And looks like that day is going to be in two weeks in the Pac-12 championship, which is setting up to be another massive game. But it's, it's one, you know, everyone was waiting for TCU to fall off last year, and they kept sliding by. Everyone's looking mm-hmm. for Washington to, to fall off. They keep sliding by. Only difference is Washington won't have the luxury that TCU had to lose in the in the, in the conference championship game and get in. But Washington with a, with an impressive performance because they had to do it in a way that they're not comfortable doing it, and, and and they pulled it out. And so good on the Huskies. Yeah, it's it's hard to um, you know beat a team twice. 
So they will, uh, you know, I, I do feel like that uh, we could potentially see that play out. But yeah, to your point, every single week, everyone's like, this is the week that Washington loses. This is the week that Washington loses. And they keep eking it out. All you have to do is win the game. You know, you don't get bonus points for style points. But to your point, um, you know, there's nobody who's definitively into the playoffs. Um, you know, it, it's this has been a, a very interesting season. I wouldn't be surprised if it shakes out exactly like it has been the past few years. Uh, you know, even since the playoff era here in the last year of the uh, the fourteen playoff. Um, but but uh, yeah, it's uh, they to your point, they just keep squeaking by. So good on them. All right, uh, flip it over to the bads of the week. The bad of the week is FSU. Not because of anything that they did on the field as a team, per se. They, you know, they played a cupcake. They played North Alabama. They beat them, you know, very handily. But because of what happened um, to star quarterback Jordan Travis, uh, you know, you've got a Heisman candidate quarterback who means the world to the team, and, and quite frankly, in a lot of ways, is that offense. And uh, he goes down with a brutal, brutal injury. I, I don't know if you watched it live or not, Pierce. Um, it was one of those that you, you, there's no mistaking what happened. It was a, you know, one of those tackles where it, nothing was wrong with it. It's not technically dirty, but you were like, crap. And his leg got effed up. Um, he has posted since then the surgery went well, but obviously he'll be, not be back this season. He just played his last game as a Florida State Seminole. So um, that stinks for them. That absolutely stinks for them. They have a backup Tate Rodemaker coming in. Uh, he's Mike Norvell's first recruit. Uh, so he's a Mike Norvell guy. Mike Norvell believes in him. Uh, but it's going to be really hard with with that, you know, the heartbeat, the, the heart and soul of your team going out. It's going to be really hard to rally and, and do much um, if they were to make it to the playoff. Obviously, they have to get past Florida in the swamp this next week. Um, that would suck as a Florida state fan. That would absolutely suck to have that be the reason you don't make it to the playoff, um, or, or go undefeated this season. You know, even if you were to lose the ACC championship to Louisville, that's an easier pill to swallow than losing regular season to end a historic phenomenal. We're finally back type season. You don't want that to, to, to end in the swamp. So, um, two tough games coming up without your star quarterback. I do think Tate will be fine. I think he's, you know, going to have a little bit of uphill battle, but I think hopefully the team rallies enough to get past Florida. And then, you know, I must say something sacrilege. And I know our uncle who is a Florida state alum listens to this podcast. I'm going to say something sacrilege. I attended Florida state. I love the Seminoles. They are my second team. If they were playing Georgia, that's the only time that I'd probably root against them. I kind of don't want to see a Jordan Travis, Travis list FSU team in this playoffs. I just don't think that that will be a good matchup potentially depending on who, I mean, depending on who's in. Um, but I mean, right now, if you're looking at Georgia or Alabama, they lose to either of those Washington, Oregon, they lose to either of those Ohio state, Michigan, probably lose to one of those. So I just don't, that's going to be a sucky thing. If you know, as somebody Pierce who dealt with that with your alma mater getting blown out in the playoffs last year, you just don't want that to be your team. So, um, how did we'll this get turned back around on me? That is total BS. <laughs> that is so. That is crap. Listen, as I was trying to land the plane, I just saw a really easy shot Golly, to take. So I had man. to do it. <laughs> yeah, you hit the nail on the head there. You know, obviously, first and foremost, it, 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 it really sucks for Jordan Travis and the FSU, uh, you know, team and and fans. But 
you know, we as college football fans also lose. Um, and you, you pretty much said as much. But, you know, if they win these next two games, I think they'll get in. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it sucks because that shouldn't be the case to, to look at them and go, well, they don't deserve – like, I don't want to see them play whoever they play. You know what I mean? Right. Like, right. so we all lose. It's not just FSU and Travis Hunter and, and, um, and, and, you know, the fans and the, and the team, it's, it's everybody. And so that, that sucks. It, it just sucks for the kid, but yeah, we'll see. It's going to be tough on the swamp. I, I will say, um, Rodemaker, he, uh, he did play some, some meaningful ball last year. He went in and mm-hmm. played against Louisville on the road, um, as they pulled out a victory, uh, uh there in Louisville. So he does have some meaningful snaps. You know, it's not like he's just coming in garbage time and he's an older guy. Obviously he's a downgrade, but, um, you know, it's better than having a, you know, like a, a true freshman or a, a redshirt freshman coming in. It, it, this guy is, you know, he's been there for what, four or five years now. So, um, right. he hopefully can just steady the ship and, and keep the course. Yeah. Yep. And I don't, I don't foresee, I don't know if you have a different take on this. I don't want to spend too long on this, but I don't think the committee leaves them out if they win out and win the ACC championship just because Jordan Travis is gone. I think they go ahead and give him a shot. Um, but because at that point you'll have a one loss, Ohio state, Michigan, uh, you know, so, so you got them, you know, it, it depends on a lot of things. But I just don't see a, 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 a undefeated conference champ getting left out for a one loss. Um, you know, like it's just, for instance, Ohio state, if they lose or something like that. So, let I don't me know. ask you this: well, What if it comes down to a one-loss Georgia who loses the SEC championship game? So that that is <laughs> yeah. I well no, no, that's the thing. It's like I just again, I just don't see it. I think Georgia has to win out. I do. I really do. Um, you know, do I think that Georgia would beat Florida State? Yes, but I think historically they've tended to really. If you're undefeated and you're a conference champ, I think you go. I, I they just have placed so much emphasis on that previously. Um, but maybe they go, Hey, screw it. We don't have to worry about this next year anyways. And they just kind of play with whatever they want to decide to do. So unsure there. Um, all right, let's flip over to your bad of the week. Pierce. Bad of the week, uh, goes to a team in the same state. Uh, actually the team that, uh, FSU will be playing this week, the Florida Gators, uh, mainly Billy Napier. This, this game felt almost like, uh, the first or second nail in the coffin, so to speak. the fashion in which they lost um, was inexcusable. You know, obviously, Graham Mertz goes down, looked like a broken collarbone. So that's one less thing to have to deal with for FSU next week if you didn't know that. So um, you might be happy to know that. Um, so they should – I think they'll get through Florida rather easily next week. Um, but, you know, Florida clearly put a lot of emphasis on this game, as they should, but maybe probably more so. Like, there was no – Look ahead for FSU. They knew that if they wanted to make a bowl, their eggs needed, they need all their eggs in the basket for this week. This was their best chance. And, you know, pick your poison, FSU, Missouri, Missouri is a pretty darn good team. Um, and, and, and to have it, even with Graham Mertz out, your, your, you know, your backup quarterback comes in, makes a couple big runs, and then to, to, you know, tra- uh, ETN goes out of bounds. Um, on a run late in the game when he should have stayed in. And, and that gave, you know, I don't know exactly what it was, 10 to 20 extra seconds on the clock um, that could have run off. And that was the difference. And, and, and fourth and 17, Missouri just has that, that mojo about them right now where they just seem like they can't do any wrong, especially, uh, especially Cook. It was a weird play. It wasn't even – it was just like, hey, Burden, Luther, go down there, get across the, the, the seven or across uh, the first down marker, 
turn around, plant your heels, and just look for the ball. There was no real play in there. And, and for no one to be, you know, covering Luther Burden all that closely to allow him to find a soft spot, um, you know, just is, is inexcusable. And then obviously it wasn't like Mevis even had to kick a long kick, which he's really good at. They got down there pretty close. So my bad's Florida. Um, you know, you also have to look. Billy Napier is starting to lose some recruits. Um, they've had a big time D line commit transfer to, or, uh, you know, decommit and commit to Georgia over the last week and a half. They had another guy do it to, I believe, Texas. Um, one's trending to Ohio State. They also had a, a, um, a, an edge rusher, uh, Waller, who now transfer is, or is uh, decommitted and committed to Auburn. So they're losing guys left and right. Um, people are jumping ship. And, and Billy Napier, the reason he was hired was to, um, first and foremost, get good recruits. That was the reason Mullen was fired for the most part. Mullen couldn't get the big recruits. He, he recruited top 12 classes, top 13 classes. And he might have been a better coach on the field and with his play calling, but he didn't get the flashy guys that Florida wanted or that they've had in the past under Urban Meyer. And so to see, uh, you know, as bad of a loss as it was, you needed to right the ship. You needed to at least weather the storm some because the recruits are starting to jump ship. And now to have, uh, you know, to lose in that fashion, it's just, it was an all around bad week for Florida. It's going to be tough for them to get up this week. I know they're at home, but it's going to be tough to get up this week against FSU, regardless of, uh, of, of Travis being out. I said Travis Hunter earlier, by the way. I just realized that. Um, oh. Jordan Travis. Um, Easy mistake. So, excuse me. But yeah, Jordan Travis, just, just, you know, maybe they get a little more excited because they think there's a little bit more of a path, but. Clearly, all their chips were in in, in, in this game in the in Missouri. So, yep, not good look for Billy Napier. I'm not sure how much longer he lasts. Do they give him another year? I think it's all dependent on if they can keep this five star quarterback or not. Well, and you know they lose next week to Florida State. They're not bowl eligible. So, um, it's funny. So, what I do for my day job, we do work a little bit with well, we we air the Florida coaches show. So it's like Florida football every day or whatever with or review or whatever it's called with Billy Napier. And uh, one of my coworkers, she's the one, like the, the lead contact for those shows. And she, in my meeting last week with the whole team, she was like, um, if they make a bowl, they're going to want to do a preview show. And I couldn't help myself, Pierce, in a whole room of people. I go, well, they won't. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, I just said that. <laughs> she's like, yeah, well, if they make a bowl, they'll want to do a preview show. I was like, well, they won't. Um, so we'll see. They still have a chance to uh, to beat Florida State. Uh, they barely they barely lost to Mizzou, but uh, you know. Hey. Well, and that's what makes it so bad. Like you made that joke, and I would have said you're 100 percent correct in the moment. And yet they had it won. They I had know. it won. I know. They did fourth and seventeen, and somehow they let them get an easy fourth down conversion. It's just it's ridiculous. And, it's nuts. and props to props to thicker the kicker, Beavis. Uh, you know, hey, he's he's been in the league for a million one years, hasn't he? Uh, but he it feels like it. I don't know why. I heard a podcast talking about it today. It just feels like maybe it's because of his size. You know, the thicker kicker. For some <laughs> reason, it feels like he's been in. He's like twenty six years old. I don't know what his. Uh, I I don't know. It does feel like he's been around well, for at least a few years. With COVID, you know, you you hear all the time people are like, go there. You know, you heard all the time with Stetson. He's like twenty six years old. So um, yeah, yeah he's probably back next year. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's flip over here to our uglies of the week. Um, it's the Auburn Tigers. It is the Auburn Tigers. Now, preface this. When they schedule these games, obviously there's no telling if teams are going to be good or bad when you do it a few years out. New Mexico State, not horrible this year. But you pay New Mexico State $1.8 million to come to Auburn 
thinking it's a cupcake game before the Iron Bowl. We'll take care of business. You lose 31 to 10. 31 to 10. You have one touchdown scored. It's in the first half. And uh, just really wasn't even close. New Mexico State absolutely dominated them. Um, yeah, it, it's mainly the fact that they had to pay so much money to get them to come. You know, you lose like that to to Mizzou, or you lose like that to, you know, hell, even if you lose like that to Vanderbilt, at least you don't pay them to come to your stadium and lose. Um, there was a, a, a poll that was put up that was like asking what some of the worst, um, you know, losses a situation like this losses. Um, it's, I don't think it's up there as one of the top. I think that Tennessee losing to Georgia state, um, Florida losing to Georgia state, FSU losing to Jacksonville state. Those I think look worse. I guess you could throw in Bama losing to Louisiana Monroe, but this is not good in modern history, modern memory. I should say uh, recent memory. What, what am I saying? In recent memory, this is one of the funniest ones. Um, I was listening to a podcast that he's a Bama fan. So he, like you, jumped into Twitter spaces of Auburn people. And they were absolutely just beside themselves that this happened. So not not the finish as we're seeing down the, uh, down the stretch of Hugh Freeze's first year. We obviously know that that man can, you know, make lemons out of lemonade if you can win it in oxford quite frankly you know that's that's not necessarily the best job in the sec this is a very good job in the sec so um you know i don't think all hope is lost but right now when you're in year one and you're like are you kidding me we got rid of gus malzahn to lose to new mexico state um and obviously they have the iron bowl this week it is in jordan hair anything can happen in jordan hair but I would not be scared if I was a Bama fan because of because of this um, this outcome. So, um, LOL, funny, 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 ugly, ugly loss. Um, as uh, Auburn, they'll probably finish six and six. So that's how that'll go. Um, all right, what's your ugly of the week? My ugly of the week goes to the Colorado Buffaloes. Uh, listen, you know it's kind of a shame now. I feel like this story has gone from a very fun hype story at the beginning of the year to to people jumping uh, on board. And, and, you know, some other people kind of, you know, despising them. And now it's honestly gotten to the point where it's just uh, downright sad. It looks like the team has quit on Deion Sanders. Um, you know, Shador gets hurt. I get it. But this game was over at halftime. To be quite frank, it was over in the first quarter. And, and funny enough, I did actually bet on Colorado. I felt like this was a spot where they were going to come out inspired. Washington State is not the best of teams. You know, they've fallen off since the first five or six games of the season. Um, and, and boy, was I wrong. Um, just downright awful performance. Uh, and, and listen, you're going to get that as Colorado. I, I'm interested to see how Deion Sanders uh, acts moving forward. Something tells me he's not going to change. But what you've seen, especially the last half of this season, is teams that even aren't that great, this is their Super Bowl. This is their national championship. Colorado has talked so much, and there's so much media hype around them. Colorado is is getting everybody's best effort, and that's tough enough when you're in Alabama, a Georgia, an Ohio State, and and Colorado's getting that. Uh, Washington State throwing up the uh, the watch sign, you know, holding up their wrist, uh, mocking Shador Sanders. It has gone downhill incredibly fa- fast there. Obviously, Shador does get hurt. They had to actually play two other quarterbacks throughout the night, uh, Staub and and Cold. I believe I'm getting those correct. Um, but yeah, I mean, Washington State didn't have to do a whole heck of a lot in this one. They just were absolutely slicing and dicing from the get-go, creating havoc on defense, and, and poor Colorado looks matched. Um, it's going to be interesting. They are entering the Big 12 next year. We'll see. I thought that Dion and and what they like to do with Sean Lewis, um, their former OC, was was perfect for the Big 12. Uh, spread them out, throw a lot, up, up and down tempo. Um, 
And 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 I just don't understand. I, we called it out, Madison, a couple of weeks ago when Dion made that strange move of of dropping Sean Lewis as the offensive coordinator and inserting Pat Shermer, um, who who does have a good track record. I think he was the head coach at the Minnesota Vikings for a little while. His son plays quarterback at Vanderbilt, but he's he wants to run a little bit more slower tempo, run the football a little bit more, and and it just clearly isn't working. I didn't understand the move in the slightest. One of the only things that, that Colorado was doing well was offense, and and I just don't get the uh, the move away from Sean Lewis. I know Sean Lewis, I'm sure, is, is fired up to get out of there um, because it's just it's not looking good. And let me tell you, it looks like uh, some of these schools that were looking at. Deion Sanders last few years and ended up passing are, are you know, probably smiling right now because it, it doesn't look like a, a healthy situation there in Boulder. So we'll see. They're obviously going to hit the portal hard this offseason. They need a lot of work. Um, honestly, I, I've been pondering this the last, uh, last couple of weeks, but it, it feels really solidified now that it's what, what should happen. If I was Shador, and I know it's not going to happen, but I think Shador needs to to, to find a, another team. I, I do. I think he needs to get away from this. Um, I think that it's just nonsense. I think he needs to play in in a system um, that with better players that will protect him and keep him from getting hurt. He has taken a beating this season, um, and and some of that's on him. He does hold the ball for a long time, but you know it's just uh, he's he's always going to be you know down. You know, behind the eight ball, so to speak, because he's just the, the talent's not there. So we'll see. I think they'll have a better go of it next year. The Pac 12 is great this year. I think they'll have a better go of it next year in the Big 12. But man, it has gotten sour in Colorado really quick. Yeah, I agree with you. I don't think he leaves. He kind of, you know what vibes I get, Pierce? Do you remember? I mean, of course you remember, but what was this, 10 years ago at this point when the, the Ball brothers came on the scene and Col- or, uh, coming in from high school basketball, California high school basketball, mm-hmm. college basketball, and you just kind of looked back and you felt bad for those boys because you were like, this dad is too involved. And he mm-hmm. it probably started off innocent. It probably started off just wanting, you know, seeing talent, wanting the best for them. Then it became like, hey, I'm vicariously living through my kids because I couldn't make it. And, you know, he, for the most part, turned them into a media circus. They couldn't live up to the hype. Um, and, and you know, who's still in the league? LaMelo? I don't think the other two are, are still in the league. So, um, but they, they are. Kind of- um, but one of them, uh, the older one, um, the first one to get drafted, he's been really injured the last couple of years. Um, yeah. So he hasn't played much. Okay. But yeah, uh, the, the, the older one is, um, or one of them is not in the league, the, but the middle LaMelo, one I know I is, is not. the one that's doing well. Yeah, the middle one I know yes, is not. Correct. The oldest one, to your point, he was with the Lakers. And LaMelo, he's over with Charlotte uh, right now. But uh, it's kind of, to that extent, a little bit the vibes I get with Dion. Different, much more elevated from a standpoint of, you're Dion Sanders' kid, and, you know, if LeVar Ball could have... To, uh, coach his kids in college basketball. I, I'm sure he would have. I don't think it's daddy ball from that standpoint of Dion being like, I need to be a coach so that I can get my kid playing time. But it's a little bit of you're looking back and you're going, Dion, I think you might be actually holding your kid back a little bit because you know you you, you want to you want to coach apparently and you know bring your kids along. I'm not sure he stays a coach after his kids uh, go to the NFL. I mean, you know, unless he's primed to. Uh, no pun intended, prime to win a national championship. But I just don't know if I see that happening in this small of a timetable, especially in, in Boulder. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with you. I think uh, the best thing Shador could do would be to go somewhere where he can truly thrive and he's got those pieces around him. Um, but I'm not sure that happens. And I don't know if he feels like he needs to either because with the Sanders name and the media circus that surrounds everything that happens at Colorado, 
his highlights are all over the place. You know, if he was just some random kid, I don't think that happens, but because his last name is Sanders. Uh, but I agree with you. It's sad to see that talent uh, wasted much like you see it, you know, with Caleb Williams hitching his uh, wagon to the, uh, the Lincoln Riley train. And, you know, some, some of that, the best talent we've seen from that quarterback back position is kind of going without, uh, he's got the Heisman individual hardware, but wasn't able to make a splash at the team level. Um, all right. So that does it for our good or bad and our ugly of the week. Uh, now it is time, Pierce, to transition to the individual performances of the week. Who are our braggers of the week? Braggers of the week, uh, golly, I feel like this guy's been on here the last six weeks. Really, he could have been on here the entire year. I think he's the Heisman frontrunner. Jaden Daniels, quarterback at LSU, and their win over Georgia State, 56-14. to He goes 25-30 to for 413 yards and six TDs. Oh, by the way, he also had a, a number of rushing yards. Um, you know, he could do it with both his arm and his legs. And it's funny, I don't know if you noticed, he played pretty much that whole game in a blowout. It's clear they're trying to get him the Heisman, as they should. Uh, number two on this list, Josh Hoover, my guy at TCU, in a 42-17 win over Baylor in the rivalry game, 24-29 for 412 yards and two TDs, zero interceptions. Love to see it from Hoover. He has done well, but um, you know he's had a little bit of drop-off since his uh, amazing performance against BYU in his, in his rookie start. Um, so it's nice to see him back up there. Frank Harris. Also in the state of Texas, UTSA quarterback, 49-21 win over South Florida, 31-46 for 411 yards and three TDs. Um, and last on the quarterback list, Bo Nix, quarterback at Oregon, the, I think, second guy as of right now in the Heisman voting. In their win over ASU, he goes 24-29 of 29 for 404 yards and six touchdowns, just like Jane Daniels. For the running back spot, Ja'Cory Krosky Merritt, uh, New Mexico, and their win over Fresno State, a very good Fresno State team, 25-17. He goes 21 carries for 209 yards and two TDs, uh, a yard per carry average of 10 on the day. That's very, very good. Jaheim White, West Virginia running back, in their win over Cincinnati, 21 carries for 204 yards and a touchdown. And last but not least, Malik Jackson at Jacksonville State, 56-17 win over Louisiana Tech. He goes nine carries for 193 yards. That's 21.4 per carry and two TDs. And let us not forget the receivers, Xavier Restrepo, in a losing effort. I don't like putting uh, you know guys from losing teams on here very often, but in his losing effort against uh, Louisville, he goes eight receptions for 193 yards, leads all of college football this week in receiving yards, also logged a touchdown. Brennan Presley, Oklahoma State, in their 43-30 win at Houston, 15 receptions, 189 yards. Um, and last but not least, love, love when I get someone that's a tight end on this list. Jared Wiley, tight end at TCU, the big man, 6'7", 260-something-odd pounds, uh, in their 42-17 win over Baylor, seven receptions for 178 yards and two TDs and what was his coming out party. Um, good to see it for him as he gets ready for the draft. Those are my braggers of the week. There you go. That does it here for our Week 12 recap. This is dropping a little bit later than we intended it to. Um, I haven't decided if I'm even going to put this at the beginning or not. I might record something that lets you know from the outset why this is a little bit later. Um, but this is going to drop here. Uh, hopefully you're, you're, you know, you're traveling tomorrow to see family and friends, or maybe you're just, uh, you know, getting the last little bit of work in, but, uh, I went to download the recordings and edit it. And, uh, the last 10 minutes of it didn't record on Pierce's side. So we had to go back and record the last little bit of this. So that's why it's a little bit later, but we've dropped two episodes in your feed now at this point so that you can get ready for Thursday and Friday games and still listen back to what happened in week 12, get a little bit of a refresher and listen to our thoughts. So. Have a happy Thanksgiving. We will have another episode for you dropping down or dropping uh, in the feed that previews Saturday's games. And then, of course, your easy peasies. So all in all, we're delivering four episodes for you this week. 
And uh, like I said, have a happy Thanksgiving. Hopefully your bets go in your favor this weekend. Enjoy some turkey. And until next time, I'm Madison. And I'm Pierce. Stay blessed, y'all.